0: I'm glad, again, that you're here if you're a guest with us. Thank you for being here today, and um, we're getting ready to really close 2020 down just a couple more weeks, and we are into a new year. This year's gone by so quickly, and at the same time, it seemed like it's uh, been a difficult year, just kind of dragged in some areas, but we're here today to worship the Lord and to honor him, I want you to continue to pray, if you would, for Doug Davison. I talked to Mary just through text this week and, uh, Doug is, is, is doing well in the condition that he's in. And the doctors say he needs some time. And, um, so just pray he continues to improve and, um, that uh, Mary continues to draw strength as well as she is there ministering to him. Justin is doing much better. They may be taking the trach out tomorrow. And uh, that is great news. And he um, he's gone, you know, weeks. Really, just he was uh, under sedation there with the with the uh, ventilator, and he, he hadn't talked to anybody. He's well rested. He's well rested. My phone rang about five fifty Tuesday or Wednesday morning. I don't remember what day it was in the morning. Five fifty, yeah. And it said Justin Hamaker, and I thought, oh no, something bad is happening, and so I jump out of bed, and, and it's FaceTiming, so he's got me at 5.50, and I, I hit that, and he says, hey, pastor, I just wanted to talk, and I said, Justin, you, you could have called maybe like eight, nine, you know, that would have been a good time to talk, and uh, an hour and 45 minutes later, I said, Justin, I got to get my kids to school. We got to hang up, and he said, can I call you tomorrow? <laughs> So he's doing well, and uh, he's excited about what God is doing in his life. He really is. We talked about just some things he wants to do differently. And um, uh, he said, I want you to hold me accountable. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better Christian, and I want you to hold me accountable. And I said, we'll do that. We'll we'll do that. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God has delivered him from uh, where he could have been through this. And God is so good, isn't he? We praise him for it. This week was a, a difficult week for, for many. Yesterday, the uh, Millers buried their daughter. and it was, a, it was an emotional day. It was a difficult day. And uh, I want to uh, just say thank you to, to um, just our church. Robert has a, a, a childhood friend, uh, one of his best friends that he went to high school with. And, um, lives in Dayton area now, but he came up and he has spent this entire time got a hotel room and just is staying during the day. And, uh, I've been over there just about every day and every day I'm there, he's there and he doesn't say anything. He just, just kind of sits there on the couch and in the corner. And if Robert or Tracy need anything, he's there. And, um, yesterday we uh, were walking through after, I mean, it was a long day, started early families here by eight. And it was way into the afternoon. We we're at the chapel and uh, it was just him and I, he was in there just kind of walking through. And I walked in and he said, um, I'm just seeing if anybody dropped anything and trying to pick things up. If and uh, I said, no, we'll, we'll send some people in as well. And he looked at me, he said this, you guys got a good thing here. And I said, "Um, where do you go to church? He says, I don't. But I'm sure glad Robert and Tracy have this place. He's witnessed people just showing up and loving on this family. Meals, phone calls. Yesterday, the amount of people that came and just ministered to the family. The most terrible situation that the Millers may ever, ever find themselves in happened last week ago, this past Friday, and a bystander, somebody close to the family but doesn't know our church, our church was something they said, this is a, a special place. And when he left, I just said to the Lord, it is, and it's a special place, obviously because God has given us special people here, but we have a special Savior, and he is worth serving in ministering and loving on people. And I just wanted to say, thank you, church. Thank you for loving families. It's easy because we get so busy and we all have our own problems. How many of you have problems? No, raise your hand. Everyone just, everyone just raise their hand right now. All right, we're going to get it over and done with good. All right. We all do. We all do. And it's easy sometimes to just get caught up in our problems and be very self-centered and selfish. But I'm so thankful that there are so many in our church that aren't self-centered and selfish. They reach out, they love, the um, just just all sorts of things. The the uh, last week you gave so that uh, the funeral could be paid for, and just 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 the outpouring love. People that were here early, um, people that were here late cleaning up and i have to agree with his friend his childhood friend this is a neat place this is a special place and i'm so glad i get to be a, a a part of it with you in serving the lord matthew chapter number 2 matthew chapter 2 we are in the christmas story and i tell you this year as i've read through the christmas story and i know i know i know i'm supposed to be in the christmas story i know these last couple weeks and coming up to Christmas, you, you just expect your Bible to fall open to Matthew chapter one and two or, or Luke chapter two. You, you just kind of expect if the, matter of fact, if, if the pastor doesn't go there, you wonder, is he some kind of Grinch? You know, why is he not preaching on the Christmas story? It's difficult. I'll tell you, it's difficult, especially longer. You, you preach on every, uh, Christmas, uh, season. um, And that's what I love about the Word of God, though, because it's so rich. It's alive. It's a living book. And we can find what we need every time we go to it, even the same passage of Scripture. This year has been such a difficult year for so many people. And I don't even mean with with, uh, just COVID. This past week, um, six or so families in our church uh, lost a loved one. The... um, our, Michelle and I, our, our closest friends, uh, lost her. She, she, uh, her father died unexpectedly, a heart attack. He was in the hospital with pneumonia and sat in his chair. And a few minutes after he sat in his chair, his heart stopped. And, uh, funeral this week. It's been a difficult year for many. There's some that are, that are, that are looking at job situations and, 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 and just fearful fearful of what this upcoming year may bring. And it's so refreshing that we can go to the Word of God, even in familiar passages of Scripture, and we can find encouragement and we can find truth. And what better place to go when we are discouraged or looking for hope than to find the, the Christmas story, the story of Christ's birth, and I've thought of this often this week as I've been studying through this passage of Scripture, what, what Israel, what, what they're dealing with. Israel is occupied by Rome. Caesar Augustus is taxing the Jews and the entire world for Roman gain so that all the, the money would go back and build this empire. Not so that Israel could be a, a better place, but so that Rome could have greater power. This is all going on during this time. Mary is trying to make sense of this divine birth. Mary gives birth to a a child in a manger. But at the same time, the Messiah is pronounced to all the nations that he is born. In all of heaven, could you imagine what's taking place in heaven? As, as Christ is born and all of heaven just stands anticipating and wondering what is going to happen there upon this, this planet earth, this, this blip in all of the entire universe, all the attention is on this place because the king of the universe is born. I want you to follow along with me in chapter 2 when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art not thou the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently, What time the star appeared? And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they heard heard the king, they departed and lo the star, which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come unto the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened his treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Father, would you help us today as we look at a very familiar passage of Scripture, a passage of Scripture, Lord, that we would describe as a Christmas story. There's wise men. We sing of these wise men. We see the wise men at nativity scenes, and they're a part of the story. They're the tradition. They're bringing these gifts. And so, Lord, I pray that even though this is a familiar passage of Scripture, although we could even by heart probably say some of these verses and tell the story, I pray that you would give us something fresh today. I pray that you'd give us something that is needed to encourage our hearts, to help us, to to get us back on track, to help those that are weary to find rest. And Lord, I pray that even those that may not know Christ as their Savior today, I pray they'd be pointed to Christ. I pray they'd receive Christ as their Savior and be gloriously saved today. Lord, we pray you would accomplish this, and we ask that your Holy Spirit would have free reign here in this place, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. On this event, the sky is filled with a a host of angels praising God. Several, two years I guess ago now, my wife and I took a group from our church to Israel, and we stood on the shepherd's fields. And uh, I said to my wife just this past week or so, I said, boy, I would love to go to Christmas sometime, uh, uh, Bethlehem sometime for Christmas. I think it'd be an amazing thing to stand back in those shepherd's fields and and just visit Bethlehem and be there in Bethlehem on Christmas. And she said, that's going to be pretty expensive. I said, well, just two of us. And she said, no, you got to bring the whole family and all the grandkids and uh, I thought I think I'll just watch it on TV, uh, look on the internet for it. But I couldn't imagine as I stood there, as we stood there in those shepherd's fields and I looked up in the sky and I thought, could you imagine the sky filled with these, these angels praising God, telling these shepherds, we visited the caves where they would have stayed, and we saw sheep there that were grazing on the, on the hillside as we stood there. And I thought on that morning or, or that, that, that evening, whatever that was, that they came and filled that sky and announced the birth of the Messiah. What a wonderful, glorious event that must have been for those shepherds. Shepherds now leave with great joy. Scripture is being fulfilled we find in Luke chapter two, a man named Simeon, he rejoices because he's longed to see the birth of the Savior. Now he's weighed his entire life and now he's, he, he, he sees and he holds Jesus in his hands. Anna, if you were to read Luke chapter two, she, uh, she gives thanks for this Savior Jesus. Mary, as she ponders, Joseph, he marvels. A star fills the sky. Jesus, the Savior, is born. What a wonderful event this is. In the midst of Roman occupation, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of of Joseph wondering what's the next step, could you imagine being told that you are going to be the parents of God? I mean, I I know what it was like when I was told I'm the parent of Jacob. (laughs) You know, we took him home. I thought, I hope we don't break him. Could you imagine the the responsibility to be the parent to raise Jesus? I want to just give you a few things today, as long as we have here. I I want to encourage us today, because sometimes we don't see what God is doing because we just see what's in front of us. And I want you to write this in your heart, please, someplace, and I want you to remember this during this Christmas season, as we approach this new year and into this new year, I want you to see this all the while God is working behind the scenes when we didn't see it. This entire year, I want you to know something, God is still at work. Even with tragic news, you know what we find? That God is still at work. While Rome is occupying this land, and while Caesar Augustus says, I, "I want all the world to be taxed so that that the Roman Empire can be strengthened and have even a stronger hold upon the nations that we are holding hostage and occupying I, I, as, as Joseph has to take Mary, who is great with child and, and, and visit Bethlehem to pay this tax, and she is, gives birth to the Savior as, as we looked last week as, as Joseph is, is contemplating all these things and figuring in his heart how do I respond how do I move forward as Mary is told she's going to give birth to to Jesus as these shepherds are there just another normal night as they're caring for these sheep and they the sky is filled with these angels and they announce that the Messiah is born what may seem like a normal night, what may seem like a, a dreadful experience, God is working behind the scenes when we don't see it. And church, I, I want you, I, I, don't, I don't just say that. as just for us to just write that down or look past that. God is working in your life right now, even in areas that you don't see. And so often, again, so often all we can uh, uh, put our mind on and all we put our worries on and all that we can put our, our thoughts on are the things that are right before us look with me in verse number 12 of this chapter, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed in their own country another way. As as Herod is plotting to to visit, he says, I want to go worship this baby, uh, this this king of the Jews. What he really wants to do is is kill this king of the Jews because he's not wanting any competition. And so as Herod is plotting to to, uh, uh, find this baby, this king of the Jews, God is working behind the scenes. As Herod desires to keep a stronghold on his kingdom, God is working in the hearts of, of these wise men. A star is placed in the sky. Wise men from the, middle, uh, from the, from the east make their journey westward to this, to this small town, the small city of Jerusalem, and they want to find this new king, saying, look with me in verse 2, where is, that, uh, where is he that is born king of the Jews? They knew this was a special birth. God is working in, as Mary gives birth to Jesus. God is working in Joseph to accept what God is doing in his life and in his family's life. God is working in the shepherd's heart. And while the birth of the Savior is taking place, God is working. And what God is even doing while that's happening, they don't even see yet. Because while Jesus is born, and while he's working in the lives of all these others, Herod is going to plot to kill this baby. And Herod sends and he says to the wise men, I want you to go and find him. And once you find him, and once you do what you want to do, I, w- I want you to come back and tell me where he's at so that I can go and worship him as well. What the wise men desire to do and what Herod desired to do were not the same thing. While the wise men desire to find this baby to worship him and Herod desires to find this baby to have him killed, God is working when others don't see it. Up until this point, Joseph has no idea that he's going to have to move his family into Egypt. He he doesn't know. Up until this point, Joseph doesn't understand and doesn't even realize that Herod is going to try to kill his child the, the one that they, they, they uh, uh, have seen born, the one that is, has changed their entire life. Mary's child, her firstborn, Herod is going to try to kill him. And while Herod is plotting this, as the wise men are, are, are leaving, God is working behind the scenes. And not only is God working behind the scenes, I want you to see something else here as well. In verse number 11, of chapter number two, the Bible says, and when they were come into this house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down. They worshiped him. When they opened up their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. No rattles, no bibs. (laughs) Not the average thing that you would think that you might bring a baby. This is not your normal baby shower, moms. There's no diapers here. They, they didn't un, unwrap a, a stroller or even a crib. And we know these three things, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We know that because we sing about it. We, we read this in the Christmas story. If you have a nativity scene, you, you see three wise men holding these gifts. These three gifts had great significance. These three gifts were gifts fit for a king. Gold is a symbol of, of kingship on earth. Frankincense was a symbol of deity, and, and myrrh was a, a symbol of, of, of death. It was an embalming oil. It was, it was of great wealth. These weren't just small trinkets. The, these weren't something that once Mary and Joseph got these, they, they kind of went into a closet and never to be seen again. I, I want you to consider this. Joseph is just a... From humble, humble uh, beginnings, he's, he's a carpenter. He, he's not from wealth. Mary, she's not from wealth. There's, there's nothing significant. A matter of fact, Nazareth, later on you find where Nazareth is not a, a looked-upon city of great wealth and great influence. It's not a place where a king would come from. Th- this family wasn't a family that was born into privilege and born into to great resources, Yet yet, when God got involved in their life, God was having them do certain things and, and having to go to certain places. You know what? I want you to see this number two. I want you to write this down. God supplies for his plan. H- how many of you ever worried about if something's going to work out? I know I have. You look at the situation surrounding you and you wonder how, how are ends going to meet? How is this going to be taken care of? How are we going to find the resources for this? Or how are we going to get through this trial? You know what I find? That God always supplies for his plan. Always. In this Christmas story, as we see this, we see that God is working behind the scenes when we don't see it yet. And we also find this same truth to be true, that God always supplies because what what we don't know yet and what Joseph doesn't realize yet is that he's going to have to take his family on a on a journey that's about 100 miles or so into a foreign country into Egypt And and this gold and frankincense and myrrh is going to be something that many believe that they were great resources that were used so that Joseph could take his family and, and have the resources that his family would need to pay for this journey and stay into Egypt. Joseph, this common man of humble means, he, he's got to take his family now. I want you to see with me. And when they were departed, verse 13, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will ask the child, the young child, will seek the young child to destroy him. You see, God is working behind the scenes when we don't see it. And at the same time that God is working behind the scenes when you don't see it, God is also supplying the resources so that his will can be accomplished. You see, this is why the psalmist said, when I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. Because the promise is true that my God shall supply all of your needs according to what? His riches and glory. And sometimes, hear me today, sometimes God's plan for our life, it doesn't always match what we think our plan would be. And it's easy for us as humans to look at the, the plan that's unfolding before us and wonder, how is this going to happen? How, and how, how are we going to supply How is this problem or this situation, how can God, uh, how is this going to be taken care of? And, And the entire time that God is working and that God is doing things behind the scenes to bring him glory, he's also supplying for his plan. Oh, Today, listen to me, I'm talking to someone here today that you're looking at the situation and you're wondering, how is this going to happen? And this could cause great discouragement. This could cause great anxiety, and this could cause great pain. Not, not, not because we don't trust, we just don't see. But God brings something of great wealth to, the, to, to Joseph and to Mary. These gifts of gold and these gifts of frankincense and these gifts of myrrh, they're not just, just, just small things that have no value. These are significant gifts that can be used as God's plan begins to unfold. And all the while, we don't always see it. But you know what I found in this passage of Scripture, this Christmas story? We don't always receive the resources until God is ready to unveil the need. We don't always see the resource. You know, up until this need in Joseph's life and Mary's life was present, they didn't need the resources. They didn't need the resources. They didn't need the shepherds to bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh at that time because they weren't going to head into to, to, uh, uh, Egypt the very next day. Why is it? Why is it that the, the, the wise men brought these three gifts at the time that they brought these three gifts? Is it coincidence? No, it's God's supply. In an old church hear me today please so often so often if we're not careful we we think we need it just in case an emergency comes but God doesn't always just give it to you in case an emergency comes but he always gives it to you when the emergency comes I, I'm sure I'm like most of you I would love just to have you know the resources in the bank just for a rainy day How many of you, something has happened or transpired in your life and as that event transpires in your life, God at that moment always supplies. We, um, not long ago, we, Lord just put a family on our heart and so we, we sent, them, sent them a gift and they got the gift, they called and they said, you wouldn't believe this. We needed, and they told us what their need was, and that gift that was given, it was exactly what was needed to supply for that need that they had. Is that coincidence? Or is that God? You see, there's always going to be God's plan, and God's plan doesn't always match our plan, but one thing that we can count on and be assured of is when God is working behind the scenes and we don't see it, God is also working to supply And we don't have to worry. Taking Joseph, taking Mary and Jesus on this hundred mile journey or more from Bethlehem into now Egypt, a different nation. I mean, you talk about, you talk about plans being messed up. I mean, Joseph just wanted to marry this beautiful young bride, Mary, and, and be a carpenter there in Nazareth and, and, uh not make a scene, no problems, just live his life. And from the very beginning, God began to move in Joseph's life. But every single time he moved in Joseph's life, he always supplied. And now, Joseph, Jesus is born, but God is still working behind the scenes, you would think, all right, it's done. Joseph, you've been through so much. Mary, you've been through so much. And, and, and boy, the, 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 the last nine months of your life have been just, just so crazy. And, and you've done well. And you've been obedient. And, and great job. And now, now it's over. You can go back. And now you've got Jesus. You're going to raise him. You can go back and live your life. Now everything that you planned, you can go back and do. That would have been wonderful. But God is working behind the scenes. God says, you know what now, Joseph, (laughs) I've got something else for you. And it doesn't involve you going back to Nazareth. It doesn't involve you staying there in Bethlehem. It doesn't involve you uh, going back and living the dreams that you have. It now involves you going and moving and living in a different nation for a period of time. I wonder, as Joseph is told that, if Joseph, on his way to Egypt, looks down, and I mean, Joseph's human; he's like us. He 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 would think the same way we would think, as 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 a as a parent would think. How how are we gonna how are we gonna supply? And every time we want to go someplace, the first thing I think of is, I wonder what that's going to cost. Every time Michelle says, "Hey, let's go here." First thing I think of, how many miles, how much gas, where are we going to stay, we got to eat at a restaurants. I mean, you, you you put it all together and this quick two-day trip turns into, you know, $2,000 and we need more luggage, we got we to buy luggage and we got to go shopping and I mean, all these things. And you think, how are we going to do that? Joseph had to have been the same, thinking, all right, now I've got to go down to Egypt. I've got gold. I've got frankincense. I've got myrrh. You know what God desires? I want you to write this down in your heart. God is always working behind the scenes. We must see it. God always supplies. We must believe it. And you know what our response has to always be? Obedience. This is Joseph's testimony. Look with me in verse number 14. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. Look with me in verse number 21, and when he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel, see a pattern here with Joseph? Look with me, let's go back one chapter and let's go back to verse number 24, then Joseph being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord bidden him, he took unto him his wife. You know, in in the midst of, I don't see this, and God's working behind the scenes, and I don't see it, in the midst of believing, all right, God, you are going to supply, our response must be obedience. Child of God, that's what we must do. We must trust the Lord, even when we don't see his plan. Even, even when we don't understand what he's doing, and even though we might look and, 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 and wonder how is this going to be supplied, how is this going to take place, we must be obedient. In a difficult season, in a difficult year, in a difficult time for us in, in this generation, I would suggest this, the difference of a Christian ought to be their obedience Joseph, you don't find, as soon as the Lord tells Joseph what to do, you don't find Joseph saying, all right, Lord, give me a few more minutes. Give me a few more hours. Give me a few more days. Or let me put the fleece out just to be sure. When Joseph arises each time, what he immediately does is what the Lord told him to do. And this has to be our response. Does it mean that it's not difficult? I'm sure when we get to heaven and we can sit down with Joseph and Joseph will tell us, you know, this was a little bit difficult. I must tell you, when, when Mary said to me, I'm with child, I, I tell you, that was difficult for me. When I had to go pay taxes, went, when, when Mary was great with child, that wasn't an easy trip. It took faith. When those wise men came to our house and and presented us with gifts and and immediately after they left, I, I have another one of those dreams and the Spirit of God says, Joseph, I now want you to move from Bethlehem down there into Egypt and I want you to stay there for a period of time until I tell you so. That was not an easy thing. But I believe Joseph would say this. It was the right thing to be obedient. You see, when you're obedient to God, you never regret obedience. Because you get to see God's supply. You get to see God's plan unfold. In Scripture, so often, we saw that last week, so often in this passage of Scripture, we find Scripture is fulfilled and Scripture is fulfilled. How marvelous it is to see when God is working in your life and God is supplying those needs that God's word is coming true. God desires obedience. Joseph went. Immediately he arose. Immediately he went. And God blessed his life because of obedience. Now, if I were to write this story, I would talk of all the great things. And I'd write it as Mary and Joseph. And, and it would be, the, in my mind, the perfect story. Well, God writes it a different way, and I would suggest to you this. God's story is the perfect story because he always supplies. And our necessary response is always obedience. And I thought about this church just in the midst of everything happening in our life. In the midst of everything happening in our world, what God desires from you today is obedience. I like to get out in front of things. I like to know what the future is going to, I mean, I like to get a plan. I like to know what's going to happen and, 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 and be out in front of it. I, I don't, I, I'm not one to just walk in and just let what will be will be. I, I, I want to know what tomorrow's going to hold. And I, 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 I want to make sure that we're planning. And, and, and I'll, I'll sit often. and I'll, I'll say to Michelle, Michelle, now, listen, if, if we put this amount of money away now and, and I'll go over with her and say, you know, it doubles every so many years and we'll have this. And I just hear her eyes begin to glaze over. She's like, all I want to know, can I go shopping today? That's all I need to know. I said, yes. And you'll be able to shop in the future because we saved. <laughs> I want to put that plan together. I've already told her, in 20 years, we're going to buy you a car, and that's going to last you all through retirement. I mean, I'm thinking ahead. So start picking your car now. (laughs) And all of us like to plan, but all of us must realize that God is working behind the scenes and can change that plan. But when God changes that plan, he always provides And our responsibility today, today, our responsibility is obedience. You know, when I was studying this and the Lord brought me down to that last point, God desires obedience, it just kind of took the stress and took the burden off my shoulders. Because sometimes because I like to plan and know the future, I get stressed out. When things don't go the way I like them to go, I get stressed out. How many of you are with me? You lose sleep. You get concerned. You get anxious. And it was like God just said to me, your part is just to be obedient. And let me be the one that works it all out. Let me be the one that supplies all the needs you just simply let me be God and you be obedient. This Christmas story when Israel is occupied by Rome, when Caesar has got a grip and demanding more money so he can have greater power, as Herod is seeking to kill every child two years old and down, As the world is in turmoil, as sinfulness of man rages, God sends his son. And God prepares and delivers and supplies because God's plan is the cross. And I look in all of the things that Joseph was obedient in, as Jesus' heavenly father, or I'm sorry, earthly father, Jesus then is obedient to the heavenly father in going to the cross. And I close with that thought. Parents, your response to God working in your life can make a great, great impact on how your children respond to God when he's working in their life. Let's pray. Father, it's easy to worry. It's easy to get stressed out. It's easy to be anxious. It doesn't take much effort to cause fear in us. But you're at work, and we believe it. And what you're doing is always right, even when we don't see it. And you're always putting the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh at the time that it's needed because you supply. So Lord, help me to be obedient because I like my way. I like my plan. I like the, the future that I write for myself. But Lord, obedience shows that your way is better than mine, that your ways are always right and your ways are always higher than mine. And so this Christmas story to me this year reminds me that you're in control, that you are God, And I can trust you. And so, Lord, I pray that you help us to be even more obedient. And when we get scared, when we get fearful, when we can't see the future, Lord, may we just trust in the one that can. And so, Lord, that's our prayer this Christmas season. And, Lord, I pray for the one that maybe is here now that They need to put their faith in Jesus Christ. Would you save them today? Maybe their obedience, step of obedience, is trusting you as their Savior, not trusting in religion or trusting in good works, but trusting in you and receiving that gift of everlasting life. So Lord, everyone here, there's a step of obedience all of us can take. And I pray that we would today with heads bowed and eyes closed just for a moment here we're going to have an invitation it's an opportunity for you to respond you can come to this altar and you can pray maybe God is working your life and you just need to come now just as I'm speaking you come and pray at this altar you can say Lord you're working behind the scenes and I'm going to trust you maybe there's Something, an opportunity for you to fear, for you to wonder, I want you to understand, just wait on God. He'll supply. But God always supplies when the need is there, usually not before. If you have a need, he's promised to supply. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. That's his promise. We see him doing it in Joseph's life and he's going to do it in yours as well. Or maybe you just need to come this morning and you need to say, Lord, I need to be obedient. I have been trying to figure this out myself. I've been making plans. I've been upset when you change my plans. I just need to trust you. And maybe today you just need to step out and be obedient and say, Lord, you're in control. I will submit my life to you. It's what Joseph and Mary had to learn. Joseph arose three times. Joseph arose, Joseph arose and did as the Lord told him to do. Stop trying to control your life and just be obedient to God's plan for it. And then lastly, I speak to the one today that maybe doesn't know Christ is your savior. Maybe it's a guest. Maybe it's a longtime attendee here. Maybe you grew up in church and you're struggling with this. What better time to get this straight right now? Your way to everlasting life isn't gonna be what saves you. Only God's way can. And by obedience, you've got to accept his way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you're trying to go any other way, you're disobedient. And that's sin. Good works can't save you. Religion can't save you. Your parents' salvation can't save you. The only thing that can save you is Jesus Christ. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's the only way. Christ demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's the only way. Would you accept him today? Would you pray today, Father, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me. Forgive me of my sin. Today, I accept that free gift of salvation, Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe that he rose again on the third day. And right now, I receive that gift of eternal life. Make me a child of yours and save me. If you would pray and receive Christ as your Savior today, the Bible says for as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You'll leave here today a child of God. Will you receive him today? Father in heaven, we pray that you would work in the lives of each person here today. Bring peace bring joy bring contentment bring happiness bring bring your will into our lives and may we accept it bring your plan and may we receive it may we be obedient to it lord we can have joy in a stress filled world because we have christ we can have joy when our plans continue to change because we have Christ. And so I pray we leave here today knowing Jesus Christ and experiencing that joy that only comes through him. Lord, bless us this week. There's been many may travel, family will come in, keep them safe. May this be a glorious, glorious season. And may we take time now to settle our hearts Settle our schedules, declutter things in our heart so we can truly rejoice in who you are and what you did. Help us to be the light as we leave here today and to head into a dark world. May we be the light that this world needs to see Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. We've got a short uh, video here. We want to show you with some announcements on it. I want to remind you that for the next two Wednesdays, I believe it may be in this video, but this coming Wednesday and the following Wednesday, just due to the holidays, there is no midweek service, no Awana or youth group. Um, But uh, we'll see you prayerfully next Sunday here uh, at 930.